Pego. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yummy the Ferret. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're all doing fantastic, as I, as I hope you always do. Um, hope you're having a good week, a good day, a good weekend, whatever it may be. I hope it's a good one. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, this episode, of course, Fantasy Four is the pause. The podcast about video game news and occurrences, of course, of course, video game opinions and first impressions. And we got a good amount of things on the plate today to talk about. That's right, we got new games I've been playing. A plethora of new games I've been playing. Uh, uh, a fair amount of uh, of news. And a good amount of games that are coming soon. And one that you may be a bit surprised to see making its way back into the news cycle. That's right. But first, let's start off with... What have I been playing this past week? Alright, first up on the docket today is Madden. Madden 23. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Um, okay, so Madden 23 is, um, trying to think of the right words to describe it here, because it's not, it's not awful, but it's also, like, kind of disappointing on at least the Steam version, because, and I actually remember this as soon as I started playing, I was like, you know what, there's a, there's, there's stuff that's supposed to be in this version that they cut out, because it's not the quote-unquote next-gen version, right? I feel like the, the PC version of Madden 23 should most definitely be an upgraded next-gen version. I don't want that next-gen extra price tag on it, but seriously, why can't we get the higher graphic fidelity and all these little nit-nats or whatever they're called that, that they added into the game? It doesn't make any sense that the PC version doesn't have these options. So, because of that, the game looks exactly like it did last generation, or last year. Um, you know, it was, it's available on, uh, Madden 22 was available on Game Pass with EA's service, uh, last year, and I was like, okay, let's, you know, Reedy Waffles and I played it, you know, had about the, had about the same amount of bullshit as ever, you know, um, and when I play Madden 23, you know, I'm thinking about those videos that I made for Madden 22 and, you know, how different the, the game seem or not how different but how similar the game kind of looks to me and it's just kind of a little bit disappointing because i was really hoping for some better quality gameplay i don't know like like the game looks fine don't get me wrong and there are moments where the game does shine but and then a a, a player turns around and you see his hair sticking out of his helmet and it's like ew (laughs) you know (laughs) or um i i've had plenty of times where like you know, it zooms over the crowd and just a bunch of, you know, the, the people don't look amazing, you know? And I've complained about this since, like, Madden fucking, I don't know, Madden, t- like, 18 or 17 or whatever. And they just, they don't put any work into, like, these people in the audience. It's like, dude, if you're going to zoom into the crowd, put a little work into these character models, right? That's all I'm asking. Like, just put a little, you know, if you're showing an outside shot of the stadium, 
show a few people milling about, you know? You know, maybe maybe have some empty seats in the audience. You know, if you're playing the Jaguars versus the Lions, you know, I don't think many people are going to be coming to that game, you know, who aren't, you know, who aren't like super fans, right? So, you know, maybe have some less people in the seats. I understand that you want to keep it fair for everyone. But let's, you know, this is supposed to be a, a, a football, an NFL football simulation game. You know, like this is a simulation game. It's it's literally marked on Steam, on all the web pages, simulation football. And what we don't get is that simulation part where it actually like puts you into the game. You know, you're, you're not really getting that simulation aspect where it's like, oh, the crowd the, the, looks like a weak crowd today because there's rain coming down. Right. Or, you know, maybe halfway, th- you know, if you're losing by enough, maybe people start leaving the stadium. There's less people in the stadium if, you, if you're losing by like, I don't know, 10, 10 points points or more or something like that people start leaving because they give up on the team or something i don't know just things that could make it a little bit more simulation things that could make it a little bit more next gen you know next level things that are just simple probably to introduce into the game but because these games have such a limited release window that they don't do it because it's like well we don't have time to work on the next one you know and i'll be honest i honestly think that man 23 really is like the the at least the ps4 uh, the Steam and the Xbox One version of the game is literally just a roster update with the engine of of Madden 22. Um, I, I now I will say this, you know, it's not fully a just a roster update because I have noticed that the tackling mechanics have been a lot better, but obviously they're not perfect. Um, so like when you go and you're going to tackle someone, like let's say I'm a I'm a lineman on the defensive side, or like I'm Miles Garrett, a defensive end. And I'm, you know, I'm like grappling with a guy and the quarterback comes near me where I get close enough to the quarterback. I'll actually take down both the the lineman that I was tackling or, you know, grappling with and the quarterback together. And it actually looks pretty smooth. It looks like it has a nice, you know, uh, animation to it, you know, or like, you know, if, if, if I run into one guy and then another guy runs into me, you know, the, the hit looks natural. It doesn't look janky or it doesn't look animated in a way that is like, um, like a like a purposeful and like I'm trying to think of the right word here because I use the term animation a lot when I'm when I was talking about like Madden 21 and 22 back in the you know back when I talked about those games because animations played a big role in those in those games so like you know if if you were if you were gonna like if, let's say you do a hail mary and you throw the ball and your guy starts to do this animation where he does this like a cr- incredible leap nine times out of ten he's gonna catch that ball no matter what right. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about with those kind of animations. Now, when I say animation in this game, you know, it actually is like more of a fluid animation. You still have a few of those moments where it feels like, huh, that kind of seemed, you know, played out, you know, in a, in a weird way or, you know, whatever. But I feel like with the more natural tackling system, it actually seems a little bit more um, natural, I guess I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry to use the same word twice there, but that's just how it kind of feels to me. Um, I will say, you know, players on the sidelines, coaches on the sidelines still looking rough. I mean, geez, I mean, I was playing as the Lions versus like the Falcons or something. And they showed the Dan Campbell, who's the Lions head coach. I'm such a big fan. Um, he didn't he like he barely looked like himself, like the actual person on the sideline. Like he had a goatee. Sure. But his face was completely different His he didn't have like any of the same like. He didn't have any, like hardly any similar facial features, you know what I'm saying? So 
it's like, okay, so what part of simulation aren't we getting at here? You know, are we are we really not putting enough effort to make these coaches look like the coaches and, and have these players on the sidelines actually look realistic and natural on the sideline, not just do all doing the same animation together? Like, there's so many little things that they could just improve. You know, like it's it's not that it's it doesn't seem that difficult in the grand scheme of things when they're when they're really not changing much between Madden 22 and 23. Um, I will say, like I said, there is a few more changes that I'm noticing, but because I'm playing the old gen version, quote unquote, you know, I don't have as many of the of the bells and whistles that I was hoping to have with it. And hopefully, in the future, they just wise up and just have one, you know, one sixty dollar game, you know. Well, whatever. Um, yeah, gameplay seems okay. Uh, it, it, it's a little bit weird because they used to show you, like, the different things you can do, and they still kind of do show you that kind of thing. Like, you know, when you're, like, a, a safety on the defensive side, it'll show you, like, oh, if you press A uh, and and over and left, you know, you'll do this. Or, like, when you're a defensive lineman, it's like, oh, you can hold RT and press the stick over to strafe instead of running, you know? Like, there's stuff like that, but but... They, they don't show you, like, when the press, like, I, I, I remember, I think it was from Madden 21 or 20 or something like that. I don't remember which one. You could, like, press RT to, like, get a boost of speed if you're a defensive end when you, when the, you know, like, when the uh, quarterback stands the ball. I don't, I don't feel that anymore, you know? I find it easier to, like, swim around opponents with, as a defender. Um, but still, like, it's still a difficult thing. It's, it's still a very difficult task. I mean, the game is very offensive, you know, headed. Um, it, it seems like all, the offense has all the reins in a lot of in a lot of situations, and I still I still don't even touch like safeties and stuff like that because I know I'll fuck it up. You know, Greedy Waffles is really good at being a safety and 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 tracking where the ball is going to go. I just can't do that shit. If I if I if I if I hold on to a safety, and I'm like running after a receiver, they're gonna catch that ball like ten out of ten times. You know, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not very good at that. But what I am pretty good at is is doing the defensive lineman stuff. And but like I said, you know, it, it's it, like I I've played two games now and I've been the defensive end the entire time and for the defense, of course. This is probably sounding a lot like gibberish to people who don't know football, but still, I, I feel like I'm not like getting to the quarterback as fast as I would like to or as as I used to be able to and I just I don't know, maybe I just need to run through the training, but the training is so like it's so slow, you know, you're doing like the same move set like 10 times in a row. And it's like, okay, when am I ever going to use this in, 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 on the field? And, and if you skip past it, like, oh, you missed the part of the training where, you know, they actually did show you something new. It's like, why, why are they doing this to me? Uh, but anyway, um, I guess the one thing that I, I play the most on these Madden games is the simulated not simulated, but the, you know, the, the 1v1, you know, against a CPU or against an opponent type games, you know, not in franchise mode, not in ultimate team mode, just, you know, the regular game mode that I've grew up with. I never really got into like the franchise mode or ultimate teams when I was younger. The only time I really played franchise mode or ultimate team was for like Madden, uh, I was like Madden 18 or 19, which everyone had Tom Brady on the cover. And he was like screaming. Um, the only reason I did it on that one was because I got the platinum trophy for that game. And you know, you had to like, you had to like play with a, you had to like use a player and like, you had to like get him up to like 
5,000 experience points or, or 500,000 experience points. And in order to do that, you had to play franchise mode and, and you could just like, you could just simulate the entire season. So you could like simulate like 10 seasons in a row and, and you would get the trophy in like a matter of like five minutes. It was kind of, it was kind of broken, but that's the only time I've ever dived into something like franchise mode. And then ultimate mode, which is the one is, which is the mode where you make your own team out of all the different players at your disposal. You know, you kind of like build your team from the ground up with like these random card packs that you get. Um, and it, it covers all different eras too, so it's not just this season or last season. It's it's all the way back to the eighties and 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 seventies and stuff like that. You can get team teams with like all these older you know players who've retired and some have passed away. You know, it's it's a cool mode. Don't get me wrong. It's also like a scam. <laughs> uh, I've seen the prices of like the money in the game. It's not very friendly. Um, and I just never really got into that. The only time I ever got into it once again was on that cover with Tom Brady. Uh, you had to like get a uh, uh, a a team member like in the last second. You had to win the bidding war in the last second or something like that, and that's how you got like a trophy. And I was like, okay. And you didn't have to spend any real money. They give you like two hundred coins off the bat or something like that. So it's like, okay, thanks, free trophy. Never playing this again. You know, I just I've never really gotten into that stuff. And even though I can see that there are improvements on the franchise team type thing, and if you don't know what franchise team is, it's it's where um. Uh, you pick pick a base team like the Browns or the Dolphins or the 49ers, and you build off of their roster and you and you simulate going through their entire season. And uh, you start off in the preseason, and you can tr- you can have your you know you 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 do practices and stuff like that, um, and you can simulate those types of things, or you can play through them yourself. Uh, and you go through the entire season, see how your team does, and then you kind of like simulate into the future. Like, okay, next year, you know, you have the fifth round pick overall. So who are you going to pick, you know, in the fifth round or, you know, whatever. And it seems like the AI and stuff like that for those types of things are better, as I've discussed before with like, um, with those videos. Um, I'm just like not interested in that though. It's just kind of like boring to me, you know? Um, I know there's a lot of people who love doing that. I mean, I played through the Browns versus the Jaguars preseason week one and I played through the entire game because I felt like, you know, I should play through the entire game. Like, you know, it's, 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 that's the fun part of Madden, right? Is playing the game. But I just kind of felt boring, and I was like, okay, there's all these different systems I got to keep in check, and you know, players have all their different things going on. And even though I think that that's very cool and very impressive, and it's definitely more more in depth than ever, before, like sets like Madden 13, I guess you could say, it's still not something that I'm like really willing to jump into, dive into. But it, I mean, it could. I mean, maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will. The one thing I'm definitely staying away from is Ultimate Team, though. That's definitely something I'm staying away from. And the only reason why I got Madden 23 is because Player 2 wanted to play with me. He won the competition last year for the our games picks uh, competition. And so he got this game for free. And then he was like, oh, well, we should play together. And I'm like, I wasn't really planning on getting it, but I guess I will for you. Um, and, yeah, so far, I mean, I, I can't say that I regret getting the game, but I do think that, you know, being the, you know, not the next-gen version... It's just, it's missing some key things that could really sell it for me, you know, like some better graphic fidelity, some better frame rate, you know. I had to turn on V-Sync because the graphics in the game were like all choppy and and they looked really bad. And I was like, what? This is not how it's supposed to look. So I turned V-Sync on and it fixed everything. Like there's still a little bit of jitter, which I think is supposed to happen because they have like this retro 
theming going on, you know, uh, because the original Madden game had John Madden on the cover, so they kind of are bringing that back in honor of John Madden, which is really nice. Really nice of them, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, there's like some things, some scenes where it's like showing old Tecmo Bowl or the original Madden stuff, and you know, it, it starts uh, jittering a little bit because like it's supposed to look like it's on a CRT TV, you know, or something like that. So there are some upsides to this year's Madden. Um, is it enough for me to tell people like, oh, you should definitely go buy this one. It's definitely worth worth buying. I don't, I, I can't say that for sure. And, and since I haven't played the next gen version of the game, I don't really know for sure if this year's Madden is really worth the the price tag. I mean, if you're gonna get it, I would definitely say wait until there's a there's a sale or something like wait until Black Friday or until the season's over. <laughs> like I know that that's kind of defeats the purpose of each Madden, but. That's the thing. It's like, I, I, I mean, can I really, really say, like, go out and get this one? I guess if you want to get it, you should just go out and get it because if you like Madden, you're going to like this game, obviously. And personally, I am I mean, I've played a couple games. I'm enj- I, I've enjoyed what I've played, but there are still those, like, little nagging issues that I talked about. And then the other thing is, like, the AI for the players when they're blocking is kind of scuffed too. Like if you run, like if you do like a, a, um, a screen, which is a pass where you throw to your side and your entire line comes to defend the, the person who catches the pass, they will like, let's say, let's say I'm running towards, you know, the first down and I have three guys blocking the opponent on my side. They'll just randomly stop blocking the opponent and just let them catch up to me or let them sideline me or whatever. It's just it's so weird how they have not fixed that stuff yet. You know, like if if a if a if a if a character is blocking another character like on the on the O line or you know out in the field, they should keep blocking them until the play is over. That's how it would be in real life. You know, if a screen really went off without a hitch. And everyone did their job in this game. I, you know, screenplays would work, and I would be more apt to using screenplays. But you know, they kind of broke screenplays when when they made the leap to the PS4, and that, that's what I said before, and I'll say it again: that console generation leap from the PS3 to PS4 broke Madden. You know, <laughs> it really did. Like I under, I like I know that Madden 13 was like the start of the downfall. Like it, it stripped away so many things. But I'm thinking back to like you know, some of those Maddens that I played on the PS4, and it's just like, that that's really when things started going downhill quickly. Each year, something would be broken or something would just not work properly. And by the time Madden 20 came around, whichever one was, was, was without Antonio Brown on the cover, that's really when it hit rock bottom, I suppose. And then they've kind of started baby-stepping their way back up. And uh, more and more people have been putting out videos saying, like, criticizing them. And I think that EA does see that. And, and the people, you know, people behind Madden do see that. And they try and they try their best to fit in these things that people are really wanting back in the games. But the problem is, like, you know, it's 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 all about the uh, it's all about the development time. There's not enough development time for these games. And I've said the same thing about Call of Duty now. I mean, yeah, you got the three year timeline, but it's like think about when they were doing like all the futuristic games, right? You know, it started with Black Ops Two and Advanced Warfare, Black Ops Three, Infinite Warfare. You know, Ghost is also like a futuristic game. You know. And by the time that Infinite Warfare came around, and Black Ops 4, too, and even 3 at that point, people did not want to play a futuristic 
first person shooter anymore. You know, they had their fix with Black Ops 2 and Advanced Warfare, and people said, okay, let's get something different in here. And instead, they went ahead and, you know, Black Ops 3 was futuristic, you know, uh, Black Ops 4 futuristic, uh, you know, Infinite Warfare, even though I like Infinite Warfare, people hated that game. People hated it just because it was another futuristic Call of Duty game. And you're kind of seeing the same thing here where it's like, okay, Madden's coming out every year. We don't have enough time to, like, understand trends in gaming right now so we're kind of using stuff from like three years ago because that's when well maybe not madden has like a two-year cycle or whatever but still like you know they're going oh well you know we were using those things from two years ago and things that are being added in are things that people are complaining about like two or three years ago so it's like okay we're adding these things in are we really doing a better job i don't know until the game officially comes out you know so yeah that's all I want to say about Madden. It's still got some broken things to it. It's still not the best football simulation game ever. But at least they've tried to improve some things, and some things have been improved, which is nice to see. But there's still some things that I really just like, ugh, if you could just fix that, if you could just add that in, if you could just do this, that would make the game so much you know worth buying again. You know, Because I, I, I think back to like Madden 08, Madden 07, Madden 2005, you know, Madden, Madden 19, no, not 19, fuck 19, <laughs> but, you know, I think back to those older games and how much fun we had playing them, and even though I didn't really understand the sport of football when I was playing Madden 08 back in the day, I still remember having a great time and playing, and I remember, like, Greedy Waffles and I would, like, shoot, like, a, a dart gun or something like that, uh, one of those ones with, like, the suction cup on the end. And we that would that was that would be how we picked our teams. He had like this this poster with all the team uh, logos on his wall, and we would shoot at it. And, and like you know, you'd have to have really good aim to get the team you wanted. You know, that, that was just like fun fun days. You know, back in the day. And um, yeah. So you know, that's still a little bit nostalgia driven for my my hatred of Madden right now. But at least I can see that they're doing things that are better. And if you're debating whether to buy it or not. Um, I don't know. I, I would say, I would say hold off until the sale, but if you're really interested in playing Madden during the season, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have to drop that 60, $70, unfortunately. Um, and you may not have an experience that you like. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about a game that I actually do enjoy. Roller Drome. Roller Drome. So this was shown, this was actually announced during a state of play last or earlier this year or last year. And I thought that this game looked really cool, and I w I've been following it ever since. And it finally came out this past week, and I picked it up, and I've been enjoying it very, very much. Now, the experience is a bit shorter than I was expecting, but each level is very interestingly designed. Um, if you don't know, the game takes place in like a third-person perspective. You're on rollerblades, and you're shooting these um, house players, they're called. And essentially, you just need to kill all the enemies in the arena, um, you know, under a time limit. But it's not really that strict because you can kind of go over it, but you get penalized. But anyway, you you, you know, kill all the enemies in a time limit while doing tricks and stuff around the uh, the areas that you're in, and then you get a, an overall score at the end. It, you know, it goes from like D to uh, A or S or whatever. 
And of course, you can combo things together. So if you kill an enemy, you have a couple of seconds to kill another one and then kill another one, et cetera, et cetera, you know, until you get your max combo, which you can combo the entire level, which I did once on the first level, you know, to not pat myself on the back. Uh, but there's also challenges to do during each encounter. So it's just like, you know, it's very similar to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, except you're using rollerblades and you're firing guns. But there are things inspired by Tony Hawk, like you know, the, the challenges you do during the game. So you got, you got to pick up all five of the collectibles. You got to do this certain trick while going over this certain gap, or you got to, you got to do a wall ride on a monorail, or you got to do this certain grind while killing an enemy, or you got to use this certain weapon while, while doing this three times in a row, or you got to dodge at the perfect time while also going into the slow-mo mode and, and killing an enemy, you know, stuff like that, you know, stuff that's not super difficult, but it does take a little bit of you know, knowledge and a little bit of skill to pull off. And, and as the levels go on, there is a pretty high, um, you know, the, 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 the challenge does get pretty intense by the third set of levels. Um, and there's like a boss at the end of the second set of levels. That I thought was just so perfectly well done. And then the third level's coming in. I'm like, Oh man, this is getting intense. Like they're adding in even more enemy types. And you know, the, the there's like so much happening on the screen. You got to kind of, you know, keep uh keep keep working at the enemies while doing the challenges and stuff like that um of course you don't have to do challenges but you do need to do a bare minimum of, of like 20 to to get to the next area so i guess i guess you do have to do challenges but the first time through you you could just kind of go through it the way that you want to you know you could kind of go through it and see what you get organically and then go back through which is what i did um, but yeah, the, on top of the challenges, of course, the biggest part of the game is the third person shooter aspect. Uh, so you have four different weapons that you can eventually choose from. Each one kind of has their own deal to them. So you have like the dual pistols, you have a shotgun, you have a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher, and you have some sort of like an energy rifle. And each one kind of has their pros and cons. The pistols are fast and quick, but they don't do as much damage. The shotgun has to be close up. And it has a special ability of doing a slug round if you line up the crosshairs at the right moment. You kind of have to see it to know what I'm talking about. The rocket launcher, uh, it kind you know, it doesn't shoot as far as you you or the grenade launcher. It shoots in an arc. It's very powerful, but you can only hold two, uh, two uh, grenades at a time. And then the laser gun. Uh, there's no lock-on feature, but it's very powerful and it has to charge up. So. You know, it's one of those things that's like, okay, you know, it, it seems pretty good, but using it, you, you're going to use it in like special, in special instances. And you might be asking, you know, what do you have in, unlimited ammo in the game? What do you got? What do you got to do to get ammo in this game? Well, the cool thing is that you do the tricks to, to, to get ammo back. So, you know, it, when you go off of a ramp or go off of a half pipe, um, you know, you hold down X or whatever controller you're using. Uh, and you just kind of do different moves, just like how you would in, in, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. It's a little bit more limited, of course, but uh, I think it gets the job done pretty well. And there's, a, of course, a bunch of different joystick motions to create different moves. So, you know, instead of just going left and X or up and X, you can do like double tap left and X to do a different move, or you can go left, right X to do a different move. And, you know, it's all those, it's, it's just like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in that, in that regard. Same thing with grinding, you know, you press Y and then you, you know, move the stick in a direction to do different grinds. Um, and then there's also the wall riding as well, which was introduced in uh, American Wasteland, if you didn't know, a little bit of Tony Hawk lore there. Um, and uh, you can, uh, you know, wall ride and get to higher places and, and jump off and get collectibles and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, a lot of these levels have good verticality to them, especially once you get to the third set of levels. Uh, that's where things kind of really go off the chain. Um, and I, I, you know, it's it's a very fun and and flowing game. I've really been enjoying my time with it so far, and I do expect to finish it by the end of this week. It's just a, it's just that much fun. I just really want to keep playing and and get working at it. Um, you know, there's a lot of different enemy types from like basic guys having who have ba- uh, baseball bats and try and hit you to snipers. They have to dodge their sniper bullets to these guys with rocket launchers that that heat seek you. Um, guys with riot shields that can do slam attacks and drop mines. Um, there's these guys with jetpacks who slam down from the air. There's these people who can do like laser beam attacks at you and then if they get hit they quickly zoom to another location and leave behind a trail of fire which hurts you uh there's robot mechs with flamethrowers um the big the boss that i was talking about was really well done um you would you, you, like his legs kind of look like ramps so you could kind of go up them and then his back had like a ramp on it as well so you could also do moves off of that and shoot his weak points it was really cool really well done i wasn't expecting something like that you know it's just it just was a really well done boss fight really well done game so far and I would recommend this one to pick up right now. I think that it's definitely worth it. It might be a little overpriced for how much content is actually in the game, but I think it's pretty fair. I think it was like 25 bucks, which isn't too bad. Um, and I think that it really holds its own. I think it has a great uh, campaign mode or regular story mode. And there's also another mode on there, which I haven't uh, haven't unlocked yet. I think it's just an endless mode, which is, pro- which is probably going to be pretty cool. I would love to do that. Um, and I also really enjoy the graphics. It's got like that 80s aesthetic to it you know um and i think that it's 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 got a really cool aesthetic i I really like the graphical style of the game and uh it also has a pretty good story to it you know not just the the levels themselves but you're playing as a kara and she's in this roller drome thing and there's like a controversy going on and you know there's some sections where it's like a first person perspective and you're kind of just reading some lore snippets around the office or in a train or something like that and you're getting some some story built up along with it that you're eavesdropping on conversations and stuff like that so you know there's there's a lot more to the game than you might expect but it's also still kind of you know kind of basic kind of quick uh and it's just it's very good it's very good i've really been enjoying myself and if you like tony hawk pro skater games or ollie ollie world uh, this is probably going to be a game that you want to pick up too because it's got the same similar mechanics to tony hawk with the challenge system and the grappling in the in the moves and stuff like that and then you also combine that with like a third person shooter you know where you have to do moves to get ammo back and you're you're shooting these enemies in a in a in, a, in an arena um very very much like you know tony hawk pro skater I think that anyone who likes those games is going to really gel with this one, and I have myself. I've gelled with it, and I feel like it's a very fun, fun, entertaining game, and I would suggest that you pick it up yourself if you want to. Okay, I finished Cult of the Lamb this past week. It's uh, very, very, very good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the game. I thought the, the, you know, the ending boss fight was not as epic as I was hoping it would be. But it was still really cool. The visuals on the game really sell it the most. You know, like, the visuals is what's really captivating me. I just love the visuals, especially, like, in the different worlds as you go to. Each one kind of has, has its own vibe. All these little fun characters running around. You're, you're, you're imagining your cult and stuff like that while going on crusades. It's just, it's such a good blend of mechanics. And, you know, I love to see these games that kind of, like, break the, the, like, the boundary of, like, a general 
genre you know they kind of they kind of go into several different genres and that's kind of where things like a management simulator and, and a roguelike can kind of work together because on its own not a huge fan of management games on its own sometimes if it's not done right roguelites are a pain in the ass this game does it very well it it, it doesn't punish you heavily for dying but you know you still have some negatives going on and it's easy to kind of get back up on your feet and go back at it and hopefully you get a better combination of weapons or hopefully you you're just better in general or you know whatever you know i love spending time with the cult and doing all the different things for that uh i've gotten all the character skins now and i'm working on getting the last two tarot cards uh and if you want to know more about cult of lamb just listen to the last episode it was like one of the first things i talked about in depth so if you want to check that out make sure you go check that out a uh, very very fun game Definitely going to be in the top five, if not top three, of my top ten list this year. Def- just really good experience, really lovely experience. Great music, great graphics, great gameplay, and a fun combination of genres to boot. I got to play the game Curse the Golf early uh, because I've been working on the pixels, and I was able to play Curse the Golf early because of that. Um, and I had to do like a little bit of an embargo before talking about it. Uh, but Curse to Golf, it's a really fun uh, roguelike game, and it combines golf with roguelite, which is something that hasn't been done before. So if you want to know my full thoughts on it, make sure you run over to the pixels, the-pixels.com, and read my article about it. But in short, fun game, really like the graphic style. The music is amazing. The music is, like, so good. Uh, I wish that the first area was a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, uh, but the game does have really great pixel art graphics. It has a really cool concept. Um, and it's a really fun game. So if you want to check that out, make sure you check it out on thepixels.com. And if you want to try out, there is a demo for the game also that you can try out as well. And last game I want to talk about, uh, is, uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Uh, and I wasn't a super fan of this one. I think it's going into the D tier. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty poorly made, uh, pretty, I don't know. It was just it was just not good. I, I there was a lot of things I didn't like about it, and I don't know if it's like the original game has these problems, and or or if just the rehydrated version has them. But yeah, I wasn't digging most of the level design. Um, I I had a glitch that kind of ruined my run to get all the spatulas because it glitched out and didn't play a cutscene for me to get a spatula, which is one of the collectibles in the game. Um. I just, I found, I found like the last set of levels to be kind of like terribly designed. Um, there was just so much I didn't like about it. And honestly, uh, can't say that I'm ever going to go back to it. Maybe I'll try the original game and see if, if it feels any better or if it plays any better or if I like it better, but, uh, I can't make any promises, can't make any promises. So yeah, if, uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom, it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, the rehydrated version, not worth playing unless you're like a super nostalgic for the game. Then you'll probably really enjoy it. But me personally, I was not super nostalgic for it. And I and I, and I I looked at it as a game on its own without nostalgia. And I cannot get behind it. So thank you and have a good night. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to what's in the news. If you don't recall, a couple episodes ago, I talked about how EA had obtained the rights for the Lord of the Rings IP, and they were making a new mobile card game. I'm sorry, a mobile game (laughs) 
called Heroes of Middle Earth from EA. Well, uh, it seems like Embracer Group has been going around and just kind of grabbing all the IPs and studios it can because they've acquired the Middle Earth. They've acquired the Middle Earth Enterprises, which owns the rights to the video games, board games, merchandise, and any other related work. Uh, they, you know, Middle Earth Enterprises, the people who dole out the IP to people like the like the Gollum people, the people who are making the Gollum game and Electronic Arts. Um, so with them, with Embracer Group buying Middle Earth Enterprises, it kind of makes it harder for me to believe that the Return of the King or the Two Towers games are going to come back, or the Third Age game is going to come back. Um, I was really, that was like really my big hope because, you know, EA had bought the rights. You know, I thought maybe, hey, maybe they'll bring back these things. But it doesn't seem like that's going to work out, unfortunately. Uh, they've also bought Tripwire Interactive, who made the games Killing Fuller and Man Eater, Tuxedo Labs, uh, Sing Tricks, and they've also bought Limited Run Games, who is a distributor of physical versions of games with collector's editions and stuff like that. And, of course, like I said, they've also obtained Middle-Earth Enterprises, which is pretty big. Um, so, I don't know how good of a, a deal this is going to be. Of course, we're going to have to wait and see. But um, that's a lot of a lot of different things being bought up by one studio. A Swedish company, of course. And uh, we'll see if uh, they they keep... I don't I don't know. It's like, when, when these things happen, it's like, what do I say? You know, what do I say? Oh, this is a good thing. Oh, this is a bad thing. I don't know. We don't really know until games start coming out underneath the banner of Embracer Group. You know, like how strict are they going to be on their middle on, on on licensing out the IP for Lord of the Rings? You know how how strict are they going to be for these new studios and and what they can do? You know what what are they going to do to make limited run games better or worse? You know, it's I don't know until it actually happens. So just get off my back. All right, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is doing a crossover with Journey, not the band, the game. Uh, so if you don't recall, the PS3 era had a game called Journey, and uh, that came out a long, long time ago at this point. But now Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is like a Castlevania-inspired Metroidvania-type game, uh, is doing like some sort of crossover with Journey, and it's, co- it's coming this week, the 23rd of August. Um, so in a press release, they said this new section of castle, the tunnels is expired by the imagery and level design of journey, but with a bloodstained ritual, of the night twist hidden behind a secret entrance. The tunnels are large and will require exploration and shard abilities to navigate. Once you find and fight your way through the cavernous maze, the final challenge awaits a battle with the level's guardian. Your reward will be a, will, your reward sur- for survival will be a special journey inspired equipable item. It's cool, you know. I think that's kind of cool. I've I have never played Bloodstained. I, I saw Callus played a while ago. At this point, you know, it's just on the you know it's on Callus's. You know, I started playing this and then never finished games list. Um, I mean, it looked fine. It's not something that like I'm super interested in. But this journey crossover looks pretty cool. I mean, they showed a few screenshots and and that, and I thought it looked pretty good. You know, visually, you know. Um, so, you know, that comes out, uh, you know, literally in a day or two. So if you want to check that out, it's coming soon. Final Fantasy 16, folks. The creators behind Final Fantasy have gotten into a bit of a controversy with the past few game releases. They, they've been too action-focused and not turn-based enough for the longtime fans. Even though new people who are coming into the scene really like the new style and, you know, whatever. Me personally, I could really care less. Uh, <laughs> would Final Fantasy VII Remake have been better with turn-based? Probably, honestly. 
I probably would have played through the. I probably would have finished the game if 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 it was turn based. I feel like that would have been. I don't know. I, I just feel like that probably would have made things a little bit easier in a, in a lot of ways. You know, like managing your team and stuff like that. But what can you do? Uh, in an interview with Comic Days, translated by VGC, uh, the director of the game, uh, Naoki Yoshida, uh, talked to them about the whole, you know, like, why is the game going to be, you know, more action-focused than turn-based, blah, 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 blah. So he said, we want the world, especially the younger generation, to play the game. Also, the mainstream games nowadays are intuitive games where you pr- press a button and the character shoots a gun or wields a sword. And the, and, the, and the traditional RPG style of turn-based command fighting is no longer familiar to them. It is also a fact that people are becoming less familiar with the old-fashioned style of RPGs where you fight by selecting turn commands. That's why the battles in Final Fantasy XVI are very action-based. We want to make people all over the world think that Final Fantasy is a great game. Of course, I don't think we'll be able to satisfy everyone's demands, so I've told everyone on the team that the first thing we need to do is make something that we think is fun and make sure it reaches the people who like it. This is not an argument of what's good or bad, but there is a difference based on the player's preferences and age. Furthermore, there is a big difference between a command system and a turn-based system, and these are often conflated, but are two different concepts. RPGs originated with the tabletop RPGs, and I think that gaming RPGs were invented to replace the tabletop discussion with commands in video games. As I said, I believe I know the fun of command system RPGs, but and I want to continue developing them. But I thought about the uh, the accepted sales, the expected sales of Final Fantasy 16, and the impact that we have to deliver. So, I mean, a lot of what he's saying, I like. Oh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. You know, um, I do know for a fact that I think that the turn-based style in Final Fantasy. I think is, in my opinion, might be the way that need to go in a future installment. Um, maybe, maybe keep it for like a side game to kind of like test out the waters, see what people, you know, see how people feel. Um, but for the mainstream like game, they're definitely going to want to go with the more modern feel because that's what more people are, 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 are playing now. Um, I understand wanting to keep like, you know, I understand people's criticisms. Like I also would have liked to see a turn-based final fantasy seven remake because you know what? In a lot of ways, I feel like that would probably have been a better gameplay style for the game, but that's not how it went. And um, I think people are just gonna have to accept that uh, Final Fantasy is probably gonna be an action RPG, third person perspective, you know, uh, for a while. And like I said, you probably are only gonna get some sort of like side game with a turn based style, you know. We got a side game with Souls like qualities, we'll probably get a side game with turn based qualities. But they cannot deny the history that the game has with the turn-based genre. So, and there are still games coming out that are turn-based that people really, really enjoy. You know, it's it's not like it's a dead genre. It just kind of has its, its it has its audience, and there's people who are gonna like that, and there's people who are gonna be turned away by that. Me personally, you know, after playing through the Third Age, which is a turn-based Lord of the Rings game. And after like playing a little bit of Like a Dragon, I was like, you know what? This is how I kind of enjoy some of these some of these games. You know, like I don't know, I don't know. But uh, yeah, uh, if you're excited for Final Fantasy 16, just remember it's going to be in the same vein as Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Final Fantasy 15. Um, so you know, temp- temper your expectations a little bit, but also you know, 
get excited if you're like Final Fantasy. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Kenna Bridge of Spirits is getting a massive update. It's going to be adding some new modes and a new game plus, and it's coming on the 27th of, De- of September. Uh, it's also getting a next-gen version of the game as... Wait, no, that's wrong. The game was came out came out originally on the PS5. <laughs> Oopsie! Um, anyway, uh, you know, the, there's going to be a new game plus and a patch. Um, these are going to change player skills with a variety of replayable challenges across three different levels and categories, obstacle courses, wave defenses, and boss reflex. So replaying boss fights. So that, these are all going to be under the Spirit Guide Trials. There's also going to be new charm stones, which will allow you to further tailor the gameplay to your play style. Uh, in a quote, they said, These unique collectibles each provide different adjustments to Kenna's sta- stats and abilities. Uh, new Game Plus mode will not only allow you to bring forward all of your unlocks, but also adjust the gameplay experience to keep the adventure fresh. To round out the update, there will also be a new photo mode and an extra exclusive outfit for the Deluxe Edition owners. And, of course, more hats. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I liked Kenna. I didn't finish the game because I thought it was kind of like boring in a way. Um, I do understand why people like it though. And I think the graphics are really good. Did it deserve game, you know, indie game of the year from the game awards? No, I don't think it did, but it still was a good game and it was enjoyable. I just, I don't know. I just got really bored and like, I was trying to do like one of the boss fights and I was like, ah, the combat just isn't fun in this game either, you know? So yeah, Ken of Bridges Spirits, if you want to check that out, there's a new patch coming the 27th, which is going to add a bunch of new things. If you're a super fan, probably worth going back through the game for. All right, there's an official Star Wars Jedi novel coming out, which is going to bridge the gap between Fallen Order and the new sequel called Jedi Survivor. Uh, this is going to take place sometime between the five years between Fallen Order and Survival. Uh, in the in the book, you're going to learn about how uh, Kyle Kest- Cal-, Cal Kestis is leading the Mantis crew on an adventure set between the two games. Wow, a lot of description there. Uh, the novel is going to be on the shelves on the 7th of March, 2023, and it's going to be written by Sam Maggs. Uh, she also wrote uh, Marvel, Marvel Action Captain Marvel and Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and then also she worked on the City Never Sleeps DLC for Spider-Man, and she also wrote for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart and Call of Duty Vanguard. Nope, <laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard. I really hated that story. But I digress. Um, another book that's going to be coming out around the same time is going to be called The Art of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That'll release on the 2nd of May, 2023. It's going to chronicle the development of the game, collecting concept art and creator commentary in an oversized, full-color hand hardcover book. Uh, the game is, the game itself doesn't have an official release date yet, of course, but it is supposed to be coming in 2023. So it's safe to assume that the game will be coming out sometime after the book, but around the same time as the art book. So there you go. If you want to check that out, like I said, uh, it's coming around the 23rd. Of, or, I'm sorry, the 7th of March is going to be the book, the Jedi Survivor book called Battle Scars. Okay. Two new characters are being added to multiverses in the future. Of course, we still haven't gotten Morty on the roster yet. He's coming soon. Uh, but they, uh, the multiverses team just revealed that Black Adam and uh, Stripe are going to be making their way onto the multiverses battlefield. 
Uh, so back at him, obviously the, there's the new movie coming out, but he is more so a lookalike of his comic book appearance rather than the rock. But there always could be like a special costume to make him look more like the rock. Of course, stripe. He is the main antagonist of the gremlins movie. And he was also in gremlins too. Uh, he is going to debut. Um, and of course there is a new anime series for gremlins coming out called the secrets of Mogwa Mogwi. And it's going to be, and that's supposed to be a, uh, coming out in 2023. So they're probably putting Stripe in just because it's, uh, he's probably going to be in that show and they want to generate some hype for it, I guess. Um, and yeah, that, that there's really not much else known right now about it, but they're supposed to be arriving during season one. So we'll see when they, uh, they come around. Um, that, these are two, I mean, these are two good additions. I mean, Black Adam's going to be a good counter for Superman probably. And Stripe is another, it's probably going to be one of those quick assassin type characters. So he should be pretty fun to play with. Um, but yeah, there's no confirmed date as to when they're coming out. Also, people are still waiting for Harry Potter or Gandalf to show up in the game. Obviously, those are two characters, two pop, very popular franchises. So it's, 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 it's more than likely that they will be coming around probably season two though they drum up because i'm guessing by the end of season one people are going to be kind of burnt out from the game right and i think that once season two starts up they're going to want to start with a bang so they're either going to say harry potter ron weasley or gandalf smeagol you know <laughs> all right let's move on platonic games uh the people behind of course ukulele and the impossible lair They've warned that there is a scam going around connected to their new game called Little Gator Game, which hasn't come out yet. Uh, the ukulele developer has warned people via social media about the new scam currently doing the rounds, linked to a game it's publishing. It seems that someone is offering beta test opportunities for Little Gator Game, developed by Mega Wobbles. It's scheduled to be released on a Nintendo Switch and other platforms later this year, but this is a scam. Uh, here's a full rundown from Playtonic. They said, It has come to our attention that someone is offering beta testing for a little Gator game. We can we can confirm this is a scam and not from our Playtonic or little game Gator game devs. We are we were if we were offering this to our communities, we would announce it here on Twitter, not via any other channels. Please do not click on any links provided by the scam message. If you receive any suspicious messages, messages complain, claiming to be from Playtonic, please let us know. Stay safe. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird that this game out of all of them is getting like this weird, like, you know, scam thing. I mean, little Gator game. I mean, it's not even like that popular. I mean, how much, how many views does the announcement trailer have? You know, like, uh, the, the trailer has about 15,000 views, so it's not even, like, that big, you know? Uh, and it, there's still no release date or anything like that, so it's not, like... I don't know. It's weird, but, uh, yeah, you know, just if you if you receive a message for the game from someone posing as a developer, uh, make sure that you delete it and or report it immediately. All right, if you buy the new Modern Warfare 2 2022 uh, digitally on PS5, PS4, uh, PC, and I believe Xbox, you will get to play the campaign one week early. That's right, but this is only for the digital version of the game, not for the physical version. If you buy the physical version, you'll have to wait for the discs to come in to play it. Uh, over on the PlayStation blog, Infinity Ward described the campaign as a state-of-the-art experience that will immerse players in a stunning action-packed game. Uh, everyone can enjoy. There you go. Uh, you'll go to Europe, Asia, and the USA as Task Force 141. 
with gunfights underwater and high in the air to look forward to. Improved ga graphics built via photogrammetry technology. The Modern Warfare 2 campaign offers an impressive visual fidelity and will um, be covering some of the smallest details like waters, physics, and graphics to create the most immersive experience yet. Uh, there's going to also be improved lighting and stuff like that. Who cares? Who really cares? Modern Warfare 2... Oh, man. Really, really not looking forward to this one coming out. I mean, it's just, it's so, it still irks me to this day that they called the game Modern Warfare 2. And you you guys know my thoughts and feelings on that. And I know people have been like, oh, there's, you know, people won't get confused by it. Fuck off. Yes, people will. People are going to call this, you know, people are going to be talking about the Call of Duty franchise and be like, well, Modern Warfare 2 was the best. And people are like, oh, the one from 2022? No. <laughs> There's no real big distinction between Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 2. They should have just called this Call of Duty Modern Warfare with a with a tagline underneath it. Instead of it being Modern Warfare 2, they should call it Call of Duty Modern Warfare Task Force in action. Task Force 141. You know, that would have been a better sub name, you know? Modern Warfare Task Force 141 would have been such a better name than Modern Warfare 2. It's so lame. It's so stupid. I'm moving on. I can't take it anymore. All right, we got a, a couple more delays here. The first one is Evil West has been delayed by two months. So instead of releasing in September, it's going to be releasing in November. And here's what the developers had to say. Dear players... First of all, we would like to thank you for your continued support and patience for Evil West. We are overwhelmed by the incredible reception the game has gotten so far from our trailers and the demo that some of you played at PAX East, including myself. We are working our very best to achieve our version of Evil West and meet your expectations. Evil West releases on five platforms, including multiple generations of consoles. Giving our team more polish is crucial to provide our players with not only good, but also lasting memories. That's something we've always pursued. To ensure that the game reaches its full potential, we have made the decision to delay the, the worldwide launch to November 22nd. We understand that the game delays may be frustrating, but it's necessary to deliver the game's ex best experience to everyone. Thank you again for your awesome support and dedication. It drives us forward and pushes us to create the weirdest, wildest Western ride for you all. Uh, from Focus Home Entertainment and Flying Wild Hogs. So, yeah, um, I mean, you know, at, at this, at this, at this, at this rate, I'm I'm okay with a delay. I I, I actually am like, oh, couldn't you have delayed it like? four months you know so it comes out next year <laughs> you know that's just me being a news person talking because there's just there's just so so much going on uh in in those months especially november like november's packed october's packed you know it's time during in september was actually okay because that was going to be the you know the slowest of the last like four months of the year and still there's a lot of games coming out in september so, you know, at this point, it's it's fine that they're, doing, that they're delaying the game. Maybe they should delay it a little bit more since there's so much coming out in that month. And I feel like it's just going to kind of be buried underneath all that, you know. And I hope that doesn't happen because Evil West was a really good feeling game. It had a very great visual style to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's Western with fucking aliens and demons, you know. So it's like, okay. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's coming out uh, two months later and, and we'll see if it needs any more time, but I'm always happy to let developers work the longest they need to on their games to make them the best that they, that they can. 
All right, speaking of games being delayed by a couple months, High on Life. This game was revealed during the Xbox Showcase uh, earlier this year, um, and it was supposed to be coming to Xbox Game Pass uh, in, like, I don't know, October or something like that. They said, delivery news, don't yell at me. We have good news and bad news. Feel free to choose the option you'd prefer to read first. We won't we won't meddle with your free will. The good news, High on Life is still coming in 2022. The team at Squanch Games is working hard towards developing the best gaming experience to hit your screens and a little extra time to squash some bugs never hurts. With that in mind, the new launch date will be December 13th, 2022. The bad news is it's a game delay. Sorry, because we're making you with, wait an additional six weeks. Please accept the linked animation as an apology. High on Life will be available on Xbox, Windows, Day One, and Game Pass, and through Xbox Cloud Gaming. Thank you for your continued patience and support. Um, so High on Life is that game where you like the, the weapons have their own personalities and you use them and, and shoot enemies, right? It looked really cool, looked kind of funny. You know, it's coming from Justin Roiland, who does Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites and whatever. So, you know, it's going to have that, that similar brand of comedy. So if you don't like the that sort of comedy, you may want to kind of skip this one. But I think it looks funny. I think it's going to be a kind of a cool game. December, though. December release date. Oof. always hate it when games come out in December because then... I have to delay my top 10 list for the year a little bit longer because I'm a person who goes, the year is January through December, and that's the cutoff, okay? The Game Awards does December through, like, November, it seems, and and even then, sometimes it's like, oh, that game came out at the end of November? Oh, well, sorry, you know? Like, uh, like Halo Infinite came out at, like, the end of... or then on, like, December 13th or whatever. Um, but anyway... High on life getting delayed, not a bad thing, obviously. I just wish that any I just wish that December was kind of like a chill month, but it seems like there's still gonna be so many games that I want to play in December. Castillo Protocol, Calisto Protocol, sorry, High on Life. You know, there's so there's there's a few games in there that are that are on my list that I want to play. And um, I'm gonna stick to my virtues. 2022 is 2022, January through December. So if I have to delay my top ten list a little bit, so be it. Alright. Uh, the last of the delays, Deliver Us Mars, has been delayed until 2023, um, including on Xbox. So, you know, PC, Xbox has been delayed until February 2nd, 2023. Let's, let's read their little update. Deliver Us Mars is Kyoken Interactive's most ambitious project to date, the journey that players will take as Kathy Johannesson is packed with deeply emotional moments and fraught with danger. It is important to us that this experience is the best it can be at launch. With this in mind, we're collectively made the decision to move the release date to the 2nd of February, 2023, in order to ensure that we are able to live up to the ambition. Uh, whilst we un- we understand this news might be disappointing, we are excited for y'all to face the challenge of Mars, traverse its hostile environments, and discover the mystery of the arcs. Your patience will allow your patience will allow us to deliver the best game experience we can. In the meantime, we'll be starting. We'll be sharing a fresh look at the game at Gamescom uh, later on the twenty fourth of August, twenty twenty two. So that's another thing about this episode of the podcast. Uh, Gamescom is coming soon, and there's a whole bunch of games that were kind of like mini revealed, and I just didn't want to talk about those games because I'm just going to talk about them again at next episode when Gamescom is done. Right. So anything that you that you think I have missed this week. Just know I'm probably going to talk about it next week because Gamescom is coming next week. So anyway, uh, Deliver Us Mars, uh, it's like a, 
I don't even remember. <laughs> it's a sequel to Deliver Us the Moon. It's an atmospheric sci-fi adventure offering an immersive astronaut experience. Explore new frontiers. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, yeah, Deliver Us Mars has been delayed, um, but delays are good. All right, thumbs up. Let's move on to what's coming soon. Okay, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, a game has come out of the shadows. Uh, Dead Island 2. It's alive and well, and it's probably going to be released sometime soon. Uh, There was a leak on Amazon. The Amazon listing was updated, and a whole new slew of information was leaked about the game, release date, uh, new screenshots, new cover art, a day one launch edition, etc. And to the people who are kind of going like, oh, I don't know if this is a real. Well, it's real, baby. It's fucking real. Let's go. <laughs> Dead Island 1. Uh, I mean, it's a fun game. You know, you can't deny that. I think it's a fun game. Riptide was not people's favorite game ever, but I thought it was fine. Uh, Dead Island 2 is coming out now. It looks like it's going to be very much in the same vein of things as the first game. Um, it's, it has a new coat of paint, new weapon mods, and stuff like that. So, anyways, let's let's uh, let's talk about this. Uh, obviously, the Amazon uh, link has been ex- has ex- has expired. Essentially, it's, it's essentially not working anymore because Amazon realized it's oopsie. Um, if they had just deleted the Dead Island Two original, you know, original uh, game. Uh, post on Amazon, I think more people people would have noticed that and then would have been thinking, oh, it's canceled, it's canceled, it's done, and then they could have re-revealed Dead Island Two. I I I'm I I guarantee at Gamescom, this is gonna be the big thing coming out of Deep Silver, right? This is gonna be like, hey, Dead Island Two, new release date, new gameplay footage, etc. So on this Amazon posting, they had the Dead Island Two box art. Uh, it shows a day one edition. It shows a man with a katana and a margarita in the middle of a swimming pool with, with zombies swarming around him. Of course, with palm trees and fire in the background. Uh, there's a screenshot of someone grabbing a zombie by the throat with an electric makeshift sword. Uh, there's another one with a zombie that looks like she was rollerblading recently with pink hair on the beach with uh, what looks like... Uh, um, uh, that pier, that famous pier in California. What the fuck? I can't remember the name right now. That's in the background. And then also there was one where you were at night. There was a couple of zombies who looked like they had just freshly turned. Uh, you have like this, this, uh, pipe wrench with a spike on it. And it looks like there's a big bloater type guy in the background and you're in like the street. Uh, yeah, it looks, I mean, the graphics look pretty good in these screenshots, and I'm actually getting a little bit excited again about Dead Island 2. Um, so yeah, Day 1 Edition was available to pre-order on Amazon for the PS4 and PS5, uh, for $70. It's been dated to be coming out on February 3rd, 2023. It's a brand new listing on Amazon, um, for the PS5 version. The PS4 version was just updated. Uh, the description, here's the description. Dead Island 2 takes players across the most iconic locations of the City of Angels, now stained with horror, and an exciting pulp journey from the verdant suburbia of Beverly Hills to the quirky promenade of Venice Beach. Combat delivers the most intense, visceral, and gory first-person experience possible with plenty of weapons and tactical options to chew your way through zombie hordes. There are six characters to choose from, each with their own unique personality and dialogue. 
our LA is crawling with zombies and look and react realistically. These mutated wretches, wretches are the reanimated rotten heart of Dead Island 2 with dozens of district zombie types, each with their own mutations, attacks, and hundreds of LA-themed variants. Day 1 edition is going to include the memories of Benoit Pack, Benoit War Club, Memories of Benoit, Baseball Bat, Weapon Perk, Balanced, Personal Space Card, Skills Card. Um, and then there's also another blurb here. A deadly virus is spreading across Los Angeles, California, turning the inhabitants into ravenous zombies. The city is in quarantine and the military have retreated. Kind of sounds like dying light. Bitten and infected, but more than just immune, you learn to harness the zombie inside only you and the handful of other swaggering fellows who happen to be resistant to the pathogen holds the future of LA and humanity in the balance. Sounds like dying light too. As you uncover the truth behind the outbreak, you'll discover who or what you are, survive, evolve, save the world. Just another day in LA. The much-loved zombie saga is back. I don't know about that one. With a unique formula of horror, dark humor, and over-the-top zombie slaying, spanning an epic pulp adventure, uh, Dead Island 2 is a thrilling first-person action RPG that takes players across brand-new playgrounds, etc., 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 etc. So, yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm back on the hype train, baby. You know, back when this game was first revealed, I got back on the hype train. And now I'm officially back on it again. Um, I know I've been kind of talking about this in bits and pieces, you know, financial reports, um, you know, leaks, mentions. There was that tutorial that was leaked, uh, a gameplay segment that was leaked that I talked about before. This is officially it. It has. This is the same. This is the same deal as freaking uh, uh, skull and bones, right? We got all this new information piled on top of us. This is just a big, huge leak, though. I'm guessing during Gamescom, this is going to be that big thing that everyone's going to be talking about. Dead Island 2, back on the menu, and it's ready to go for next year. That would be awesome. I liked that. I love Dead Island 1, okay? Dead Island 1 is amazing. Um, the remastered version is amazing. Uh, I can't wait to sink my teeth into Dead Island 2 next year, if this is true. I'm, I'm like 90%, 99% that this is uh, a real thing, so there you go. Um... All right. Uh, also, new Tales from the Borderlands is going to arrive on the 21st of October. This is not coming from Telltale Games. This is coming from uh, Gearbox in-house. So it's gonna—it's not going to be from Telltale, uh, even though they did the original Tales from the Borderlands game. Um, everyone thought that this was just like a repackaging of the original game, but no, this is a sequel to the game. Um, this was also discovered on Amazon, uh, but it's now been officially been like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> you know, Gearbox is like, okay. Uh, the Deluxe Edition is available to pre-order, bundling a cosmetic for the protagonist, uh, Anu, Octavio, and Fran, as well as a 10,000 in-game currency and an in-game Flak Vaultlander collectible. Not sure what that is. <clears throat> Just like the original game, the story is going to be divided into five distinct chapters. Uh, I believe that they're all releasing on the same day, though, so it's not going to be like, oh, you have to wait a month. Um, decisions you make, how you how your story ends in unexpected ways. The Borderlands aren't just home to vault hunters, psychos, and weapons corp CEOs. They're full of downtrodden, intrepid civilians just trying to get by. With a host of returning and fresh faces, this unforgettable tale is sure to delight fans new and old. Also, in the product description, they say within the perpetually perpetually. <laughs> A war-torn metropolis of, Prome of Promethea. Oh my God, of Promethea. 
You'll control Anu, Octavio, and Fran on the worst day of their lives. Help these three lovable losers as they endeavor to change the world. Face down a planetary invasion, vicious vault monster, and a cold-hearted capitalist in a cinematic thrill ride where what happens next is up to you. Meet the motley cast full of misfits, assassin bots, and talking guns in this race to the top. It's time to fight back against ex- exploitation and corporate greed. It's time to make mayhem your business. Yeah, I enjoyed the original Tales from the Borderlands. It was a very fun adventure that kind of had characters from both Borderlands 1 and 2 mixed into it. It also had a very tragic main character death in the game, too. It was like you had to play the game in order to understand why, you know, this this certain character wasn't in Borderlands 3, you know? Um, So it's, you know, Tales from the Borderlands is definitely an integral part of the Borderlands franchise, New Tales of the Borderlands, we'll see how it goes, you know, if it is the same kind of take as as the original Borderlands, Tales of the Borderlands game, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit more boring, but I, it sounds to me like it's maybe going to be a bit more open world-ish, uh, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, no screenshots or um, gameplay available, I'm guessing during Gamescom they're going to reveal more about this game as well. All right, here's another game that was uh, that was accidentally leaked and confirmed. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is coming the 18th of October. Uh, this is kind of in the same vein as Dead by Daylight, Predator, Hunting Grounds, and Friday the 13th. Um, you'll be playing as a 4v1 type competition, not competition, but, but co-op game to uh, hunt down and track down a ghost and capture it, of course. Form a team with the three other ghost hunters to track down ghost haunting a number of locales. Uh, sniff out paranormal activity with the PKE meter and charge it to unleash a short-range pulse dis- disabling ghost movement. Unveil hidden rifts acting as a ghost spawn point and a teleportation portals and destroy them. Use the powerful particle throwers to capture the ghost to deploy a trap and wrangle them in before they can escape. Uh, of course, the ghost will put up a fight. Working alone, you'll roam stages like a museum and abandoned prison and other spooky locations, including a new one to be revealed at Gamescom. You'll be able to haunt objects and naturally slime those pesky Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed will have a digital pre-order to include early access to Slimer, custom particle thrower and proton pack skins, and special clothing colorways, which are not shown in the image. Uh, this is supposed to be coming out, like I said, October 20th, I'm sorry, 18th. Um, and it's another one of those 4v1 type games. So if you're not into those, maybe you want to stay away from this one. But if you are interested in a 4v1 game like Dead by Daylight, Evolve, Predator Hunting Grounds, uh, you may want to check this one out. It might be a little bit more balanced than those other games, in my opinion. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, it's, it is kind of surprising that like Dead by Daylight didn't get like a Ghostbusters thing in it, you know? Um, because that's kind of how they've been the way that these horror companies are going but it'll be interesting to see how this game looks and of course gamescom is the place to be i know i said i wasn't gonna be talking about these gamescom's games but there's some that i just kind of gotta talk about right now (laughs) all right here's a game that was revealed called the chant it's coming out in november it's a game you where you play as this woman who is brought into a cult and essentially needs to third person action platform her way through horror uh the likes you have never seen before graphically looks really good um it's coming the third of of november 2022 uh the trailer is on 
uh, Prime Matters YouTube channel, and I would recommend checking it out. It looks pretty pretty good. Uh, in a little game, in a little blurb, it says players will encounter terrifying creatures and will fight using occult weapons and abilities, or they can surrender and flee. The soup, the spirit, the spiritual journey is already turning into a nightmare. What will you choose, fight or flight? So it sounds like there's a really interesting mechanic there where you can either run away from something or fight it. Uh, so I'm guessing there's going to be implications inside the game that that kind of go with that. So yeah, the chant coming November third. Mordhau, spelled M-O-R-D-H-A-U, is finally coming to consoles after being on the PC for over a year now. Uh, Mordhau is making that jump, just like Chivalry 2. It's making that jump over the, the consoles on PC. Uh, of course, this is a medieval first-person medieval sword fighting game with bows and arrows and stuff like that. Like I said, it's very, it's, it's very much Chivalry just different developer you know um the combat looks relatively similar just swinging away with your sword of course you have also i guess bows and arrows too um but yeah it's gonna be coming soon to everywhere to all consoles except for switch no switch um and the title mordhau actually refers to the german longsword technique from the middle ages meaning murder stroke or murder strike and involves inverting the blade and striking your opponent with the pommel or cross guard using the weapon as a fashion of a hammer or a mace very cool. All right, let's move on. A game called Ship of Fools is coming the 22nd of November. Uh, this is a multiplayer game, kind of a roguelite multiplayer game. Uh, kind of has like a similar graphic style to something like Cult of the Lamb, uh, just a little bit less satanic. Um, you play, or, or maybe it's more like uh, Don't Starve Together. It's a, it's a, it's kind of like a combination of like a cartoony Don't Starve Together. But anyway, you uh, you 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 essentially gather materials and upgrade and and craft stuff for your boat, and then you go on your little journey going through a map and defending your boat, your ship against enemies and stuff like that with cannons and guns. And along the way, you'll meet storekeepers, NPCs, side quest givers, and bosses. And if your boat sh sinks, of course, you'll start right at the beginning. Uh, this is coming to all consoles and PC. Uh, so PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox, and Steam. Uh, if you want to check out that, there's a video on Team 17's YouTube channel. Looks pretty fun. Looks pretty fun indeed. Definitely going to be checking that out when it comes out. Ship of Fools. All right, a cult classic PS2 game is coming back called 13. And it looks to be very much improved for the PlayStation. Uh, I don't know if it's coming to... Uh, yeah, it looks like it's just coming to PS5, crazy enough. Um, but essentially, this is a PS2-era game with a comic book aesthetic, cell-shaded graphics. Um, during the get the gunplay, you'll see, like, boom and bang appear, or, like, when explosions go off, there will be a boom. Uh, there's also, like, little comic book strips that appear when you, like, headshot an enemy. It shows them getting headshotted and stuff like that. Um, the gameplay does still seem very PS2-esque, so if you liked the original, like, gameplay of the game, it's probably going to feel pretty similar. Just, like, little modern flares, of course, added on to that. Um, and, uh, it's kind of funny, um, apparently the original project was a bit of a disaster, so the game coming back out is kind of impressive, I guess? Uh, it's gonna be optimized for the PS5, and also will work with back backwards compatibility. Uh, this includes a revised art style, more in line with comic book feel, the original, as well as altered AI and 60fps support on the next-gen console. There will also be online multiplayer as well. It's been two years since the remastered version has been released, and it's finally coming to PS5. All right. Saga of Sins. This is a uh, action, 2D action game. 
that looks like a stained glass window. It's really cool looking. You gotta check this one out. The YouTube channel Just for Games put out a trailer for the game. It looks like a, you know, it's obviously a side-scrolling 2D platformer type game. It kind of looks like in the same vein as like a Castlevania. Obviously, uh, it must be inspired by it somehow. <clears throat> in the trailer, there's four different forms that the player can use, but they're only two using two of them right now. One of them is like this ice. He can shoot like ice shards and like do like a dash attack through enemies who are blue. And the other form is red, and you can do dash attacks and flame attacks against red enemies. Pretty interesting. I'm sure there'll be more along the way, but yeah, it looks very cool. It's, it looks like it's going to be one of those games that I really want to try out for myself. Um, right now, the release date is uh, set for 2023. Uh, I know I have a hard time reading Roman numerals, but that's what I that's what the website says it is. MMXXIII. I think that's 2023. Um, so... Saga of Sins is a uh, story arcade game combining a uh, dramatic storyline with rewarding arcade gameplay. The game offers 31 villagers' minds to enter, sinners and innocents. Sinner levels, gluttony, sloth, envy, greed, pride, lust, and wrath. The seven deadly sins have befallen the minds of the villagers. Find them and cast out their sins to freeze Sinwell from the plague. Innocent levels, unlike the sinner's minds, this embodies this embodied by the action levels themed after each seven deadly sins. Innocent minds offer a surprising variety of puzzles, riddles, and skills to solve. Okay, there you go. So, kind of sounds like two opposite ends of of uh, of the spectrum. There, kind of sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to be checking this out. Um, it's going to be coming to uh, everywhere, so you know you can check it out on any platform that you want to. Saga of Sins 2023. Okay, the Switch version of Life is Strange Arcadia Bay Collection is officially going to be released on September 27th now. Uh, obviously, it's gone, it's gone through a bunch of delays since its original uh, announcement for the game to become the Switch. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors did end up coming out last year, and this game was supposed to come out with it, but there was a slew of delays for that. So if you want to check out Life is Strange Arcadia Bay Collection on the Switch... The 27th of September is the new release date for that. If you bought the collector's edition for uh, True Colors, I believe you got this game for free. So, you know, don't buy it twice if you've forgotten. <laughs> All right. Um, Nintendo is putting out, uh, or has put out, Wave Race 64 on the Nintendo Online service for Nintendo 64. Race through nine courses or polish your skills in stunt mode in Wave Race 64, now available on Nintendo Switch for the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack members, Nintendo 64. Uh, Wave Race was a childhood game of mine uh, when I had the uh, Nintendo 64. This is a game that I played a lot back in the day. I never played the GameCube version, but I always remember having fun with this one. Uh, obviously, I'm going to replay a little bit of it uh, you know, for on, the, on NSO, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just have nostalgia for it, so you know, it might not be as good as I remember, but I still, I still remember this game being really fun, really challenging at the end of it too. Obviously, I was a child, so you know, there's probably better games out there. Uh, but uh, you know, I always had a soft spot for Wave Race, and even now, even now. Death Stranding is coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC next week. This is not the uh, Director's Cut edition. This is just the original version of the game. PlayStation has said that they had no uh, no involvement in this in this transaction. Um, so, you know, it's kind of... I mean, Hideo Kojima obviously doesn't have to talk to PlayStation about everything he's doing, you know. Um, but this is a big thing. You know, this is a, big, this is a pretty big deal. 
Um, this is probably going to bring in a lot of players on PC. Uh, but uh, the publisher of this version is 505 Games, and they said the following. The original version of Hideo Kojima's critically acclaimed and genre-defying epic lands on the Microsoft ecosystem for the first time, available to audiences who are subscribed to, play to the PC version of Xbox Game Pass. Death Stranding tells a groundbreaking story of perseverance through an emotional adventure that those in the Microsoft community can now experience for the first time. You'll be able to play this on uh, the 23rd of August. So uh, if you want to check that out, it's going to be coming soon. Uh, so possibly Hideo Kojima didn't have anything to do with this, but uh, 505 Games had the rights to the game, so they they sold uh, sold them to the PC version of Xbox Game Pass. Like I said, I mean, it's been on Steam for a while now, so this is going to be... I mean, this is pretty cool for people who have Xbox Game Pass. I mean, crazy. Uh, like I said, it's not coming to consoles, though. Just the Game Pass on PC. All right, here are some games coming to Game Pass other than Death Stranding. In September, uh, Beacon Pines, which is a cute and creepy adventure game. Sneak out late, make new friends, uncover hidden truths, and collect words that will change the course of fate. Slime Rancher 2, which is a day one release for Game Pass, is coming on the 22nd of September as well. Um, obviously, if you know what Slime Rancher 1 is, you'll know what Slime Rancher 2 is. Here are some other games that are coming in August. Uh, well, at the end of August here. So, already available is Coffee Talk on all platforms. On the 23rd of August, you'll be able to play Midnight Fight Express, which is a day one launch for all three, console, PC, and cloud. Exapunks only coming to PC on the 25th of August, along with Opus Echo of Star Song Full Bloom Edition on console and PC. And then on the 30th of August, there are four more games here are going to be available. Commodore's 3 HD Remaster, Immortality, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and Tinykin are all going to be available on Xbox Game Pass on the 30th of August. Tinykin, I won that game for free, so I'll be playing that anyway, but very cool, very cool indeed. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising was one of my favorite games the year that came out. I would, I should have put it uh, below Bug Snacks, but that's my bad. And I don't know what the other ones are, so if you want to check those out, you can. And here are some games leaving the Game Pass on the 31st of August. Elite Dangerous, Hades, Mist, NBA 2K22, Signs of the Sojourner, Spiritfarer, 12 Minutes, Two Point Hospital, Rut Remains of Edith Finch, and World War Z. Some pretty high-profile games leaving there, including Hades, Mist, uh, Spiritfarer, 12 Minutes, Two Point Hospital, and What Remains of Edith Finch, along with World War Z. So make sure you play those before they leave on the 31st of August. All right. Well, as you may or may not know, my voice is dead now. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I do appreciate that. If you want to check out the other things I do, uh, I'm putting out a good amount of content on www.the-pixels.com. If you want to check out any of the articles that I'm writing there, most recent one for Curse the Golf. Very proud of that one. Um, if you want to check out the other podcasts I do, Fubar Ferret and Film Freaks with a Z at the end. Our recent episode of Film Freaks was about Police Story, and the next episode is about Police Story 2. Check those out if you want to. Uh, if you want to check me out on Twitch, I live stream on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, all at Yummy the Ferret, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the same. All right, I will see you guys next time. I'm Yummy the Ferret, and I'll talk at you next week. Bye bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. 
News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.